This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, and today we're going to be talking about wind power. My guest to discuss that topic with me is Mike Hess, who is the CEO of Mariah Power. Mike, welcome to the program. Sean, thanks for having us on. Our pleasure. Well, so tell us about, you know, you're, you're our first guest on wind power, which is kind of a big thing for a site that covers a lot of alternative energy stuff. So pretty excited about doing this one today. Um, tell us about the company, how it got started, and uh, we'll start there. Mariah got started with the invention of a unique generator that allowed us to very efficiently generate electricity. We combined it with a inverter, and we put a rotor on top of it, and we ended up with a very efficient, uh, aesthetically pleasing uh, wind turbine that you could put in your backyard. So now you say aesthetically pleasing. Uh, can you give us some rough idea? I mean, obviously people should go to the website, which I think is Mariah Power, M-A-R-I-A-H, is that correct? That's correct. Power.com. Um, but can you give us some rough dimensions? I mean, how tall is it? Because uh, that's one of the things that people beat up wind, you know, wind machines about. I think, I think personally, my own personal opinion, it's overdone, you know, but, but tell us a little bit about that. Sure. We, we have basically two sizes, two styles, if you like. One is 30 feet tall, 24 inches wide. And the other one is 30 feet tall and 41 inches wide. Okay. And the difference between the two is different style of uh, rotor, and one produces more electricity than the other one. So it's a function of what are you trying to accomplish. Now, for anybody who is not looking at the website right now, um, it's interesting. One of the things that makes the Windspire different and uh, immediately caught my eye was the fact that it's got a, it doesn't have the bladed propeller type look. Right. It has a, a, it's kind of difficult to describe. Let's see. You know those push-up pops you got as a kid? <laughs> squeeze, that, squeeze that together and make it much more narrow so it's not as invasive looking or it's not as wide. And, uh, and put, you know, turn it into, I get, what is that, like a cross pattern? It's basically like a, an, a long, a long well, X? It's like, like an F okay. on a couple of sides. Got it, got and, it. And the larger one actually has, uh, you know, um, smaller, if you will, dimensions in, in terms of what it looks like. So it's a little more open in area and spins a little faster, which has some real benefits in terms of power generation. Yeah. And, and, and so it is, uh, to me, at least to my, to my eye and uh, my aesthetic uh, taste, it's uh, more attractive looking than, than the big bladed propeller look, which I think is what a lot of people object to. Well, you also won't make the noise. You also don't spin as fast. Uh, we spin like two times the speed of wind whereas a propeller spins are eight or nine times the speed of wind, and I kind of you know, don't want that around my, my house. Ah, got it. So it's more about the longer surface area yes. uh, for more generation, uh, more torque, I guess it is. Yes, that's right. We're a big torque machine. That's what we do really well. That, that's a lot what allowed us to get our efficiency up and make something that's very low cost. The other advantage we have is for $4,000, you can finally put something in your home that generates electricity for yourself and is very green. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked a lot on, we've had several programs on the topic of solar energy, and we've talked about one of the things is obviously, um, you know, site qualification. Uh, Tell us how that goes with with wind energy. 
energy versus solar in terms of determining are you qualified? Yeah, oh yeah, it, you have exactly the same problems in that wind, you need to have at least an average of 12 miles an hour. And if you go to a wind map, which you can find on our website, it'll tell you whether you have a class three wind or not. Uh, and it's done scientifically and it kind of tells you a direction, but it's pretty easy to figure out. It's usually coastal, it's mountain-based, uh, it's desert, it's any area where you have big temperature changes morning to afternoon, for example. And for me, the difference between solar and wind is when you have sun and you have your solar working, you oftentimes won't have wind. And when you have wind, you oftentimes don't have solar. So I almost look at it, if a home had from 11 till 3.30, it would have sun and it would generate its power from solar. And we start about 3.30 and go to about 1 o'clock in the morning with wind and you generate all your power from that. And, if, and that's, great, that's a great point. And if you're lucky enough to, to qualify for both in an area that has, does happen to have both, you've got the ability to be generating power almost you know, 24-7, really. Right. And then we're taking these residential units and muscling them up, so to speak, and making them bigger, and we're going to put them on top of commercial buildings. Because commercial buildings and 20 stories, you have far more wind than you want, even in places where you don't have much wind. Right. That, no, that makes a lot of sense. So how has that gone? How is the commercial adoption versus... Uh, we have... Uh, the architects are designing us into buildings. We have a building uh, Destiny USA, Syracuse, New York, one in Lexington, a 26-story building in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, we are being looked at by uh, Colorado Springs as you drive into their city. They want some units in the front as they drive in. So... People are finding ways to make this blend into the environment, which is part of what we were trying to accomplish by making something tall and thin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, since you, you uh, took the, the moment to mention Syracuse, I'll just have to add Go Orange Man to that. So <laughs> that's my alma mater. <laughs> so, well, so going beyond um, uh, that, uh, can you just tell us about how maybe um, your products compare to other options in the wind energy marketplace compared sure. to Trask? The, the, the way I tend to look at it is, is pretty simple. One, uh, we're the only vertically integrated vertical wind turbine in the world. The other alternative is a horizontal or a propeller-type wind turbine. And basically for us, the noise difference. We don't, we don't make noise. We make about we're 45 dB. They're greater than 75 dB. So it's a function of how much noise do I want. Third is speed. We spin at two times the speed of wind. They'll spin at eight or nine times the speed of wind. Uh, we are lower height, 30 feet. The national building code for home is 35 feet, so we're under the national building code. Okay. Uh, and basically, we have a hinged approach. You lay it down on the ground, you put it together, and you raise it up. It's on a hinge. So we've made the installation itself very simple for a do-it-yourself or very simple for our, our installers or the solar people who actually are our resellers. Yeah, and those do, do, those do seem to be the major complaints that people have, have offer up about a wind when when the, you know there's uh, when there are complaints uh, is the, the noise factor and aesthetics which we already talked about. But oh, another one that actually I heard about one of the first things I heard about uh, as a benefit touted about uh, your particular products was uh, something I don't think you mentioned, which was about and maybe you can confirm this is about bird friendliness. Oh yes. Uh, um if, if, if I study the bird problem that propellers have had historically, what they do is they create a vertex, a uh, vortex, sorry, and a lot of them have guide wires. And what's happening is the birds are pulling away and then they're running into the guide wires. I think that's how they're getting injured or hurt or dead. Uh, for us, we don't have guide wires. It's a monopole. Two, we don't spin that fast so the bird has a chance to see it. 
and therefore we're not creating a vortex anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that standpoint, we, we have you know the, the belief that the wheel will be totally safe with birds. Okay. So are there any this vertical axis design that you guys are based on beyond what you've already mentioned? Or is that pretty much a summary of all the benefits? Or there, is there anything else? Uh, that and the fact that you can produce electricity over its life for the same cost as what you're paying a utility today. Okay, and that actually brings up another question, which is about costs comparing it to, um, well, I guess just costs in general per, you know, we'll say per kilowatt, uh, but also, you know, because I know about what it costs to put, well, at least in California, I know the markets are different in different places, but, you know, to put, you know, three kilowatts on my roof versus, you know, four, I know about what that costs. Can you can you compare um, sure. what you what, can generate? What, what we did is we, we took one kilowatt and just looked across the range. It's $11,000 a kilowatt for solar installed on your roof. Yeah, that's about right. It's about $9,200 for a propeller or horizontal turbine put in your backyard. Mm. And we are $4,000 with $1,000 for installation, so let's say $5,000 in total. And out of that, if you're in California, since we're talking from California, you get a grant of $2,500. So that means you're paying $2,500 for a product that lasts you 20 years and will generate electricity for your home and cover about 25% of your usage over its, its life. Wow. Uh, you know, I have to say, I, I went to school. My first, The first school I went to was UMass Amherst, and one of my memories is walking across the campus and being windblown, like being blown backwards. <laughs> and I haven't since then really craved wind, but now this is the first moment that I think I really wish I had more wind around me. That's that's amazing. That's I, Really, I'm blown away. The cost, uh, that just blows away solar, uh, at least uh, you know where we are. The whole company was built on the idea that we could provide the average person the ability to participate in renewable energy in a cost-effective way. Yeah, well, so that, our whole focus the, is keeping the cost as low as we can. Well, that's the brass ring, and it hasn't happened too much, so uh, that's that's inspiring to hear. I think that's really going to bring it into a lot more people's reach, at least people who have uh, sufficient wind. I get class three, as you as you put it. Right. A class three wind, which is that's quali- that's defined as what an average of twelve uh, miles per I, hour. I define it as an average of twelve miles an hour. It's like uh, I think five meters a second up to. Uh, like eight meters a second, I okay. think is the way they do it, if you do it in meters. Now, you mentioned that there's a resource on your website for people to figure that out. Yes. Are, are there other resources, too? Uh, yes, and we actually point some of those out as well. Part of our, I mean, our website's about 80% education. Okay. Well, one of the things we committed to is that when historically has done a poor job of educating the consumers, they haven't put out uh, the economic calculators. They haven't put out the benefits to people in ways they can understand. What we've tried to do is do that as, to the best of our ability, and we actually tell you to go look at people like the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, the American Wind Energy Association, where they have even more details that people can look at. This is a financial decision you're making and you should look at everything you can find and our website's very good at doing that. Now, I hate to leave, that's great, good information, and I'm, I'm, I hate to leave people out that aren't in California. You mentioned California rebate. Are there other rebates around the country? Uh, again, on our site, there's a, a, a listing, uh, the Desiree listing is called, it lists all of the rebates that are available state by state. It's a website in its and it will it'll allow you to go there and look. Uh, each state is done a little bit different, and Congress is currently passing a, a new one, which I hope they do pass, which is another, I think, it will end up being about $3,000 a year, uh, or $3,000 increment that they, you can get from a, a federal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how do your customers, if somebody's interested in buying it, how does that process go? What we've been doing is uh, we didn't want to sell a unit till we finished our third-party testing. Our third-party ten- testing will finish on, like, October 15th. 
Uh, and then our UL approval will, is done about October 15th. We will actually formally announce the product on October 21st, 22nd. And basically what we've done prior to that is we've had people go to our website, sign up, and tell us they want one. Sign up, they'll tell us they want to be a reseller. And we have over a 1,000 people who have done that already, and we haven't even announced the product yet. Oh, really? So it's not? Okay. So that's good to know. So, so uh, expected ship date then? It's, we, were, we will start formally shipping in January. January. Uh, and basically the first, you know, you can argue we have 1,000 customers already. Uh, the first 1,000 are kind of spoken to, where we will ship them in the order in which people signed up. Good, good. And you're not going to you're not going to do a Martin Eberhard on us, right? You're not going to do a Tesla Motors. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, no. yeah, I'm teasing. I'm frustrated about the electric car market. I'm sorry that slips out sometimes. <laughs> no, no, no. But one of the things we actually held off trying to formally sell it just because we didn't want to go through those kind of processes. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so um, I'm curious about the company itself. Uh, how many employees do you guys have? There's five of us. Oh, okay. Well, cool. That's a lot of leverage. <laughs> we, we outsource everything we can, uh, and we answer our own phones. Yeah. I mean, to, to us, it was about uh, our resellers are the most important people who are, you're going to interface with. We have 44 of them in the United States. Okay. We have 45 of them in the international countries. And basically, those are the people we focus with and spend time with the most. And I spend half my time talking to people asking questions. Well, that's that's good because one of the frustrations in the solar market for a lot of installers, uh, I know, and I, I mean, I'm generalizing wildly right now, but uh, I have a good friend who's a solar installer, and he, he's complained about the, the support. So that's, that's good that you guys are focused on that. Well, we've installed them ourselves, myself included. So I'm pretty sure they'll be able to install them relatively easily. They have very few failure modes, which is the other part. It's 85% steel. So think about it uh, as, a, as a green product. It's almost totally recyclable. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's good. So I was because I was going to ask you about what you guys are doing internally is in terms of being a sustainable company. But with five people, I imagine that's not quite as difficult as five thousand or five hundred. That's true. But we're going to, we're going to grow and get larger. But what we do is we're, we're remote uh, people. We have one. Our VP of marketing is in Santa Barbara. Our VP of sales is in Davis, California. Uh, two of us are in Reno. One's in Sunnyvale, California. So we we are as virtual a company, and we do things on computer. Uh, and when you go to the office, we recycle in the office. Uh, we use fluorescent uh, or the newest uh, lighting situation, that fluorescence, uh, to avoid, you know, being as green as we can. Yeah, well, it still counts. I mean, even when you are, you know, a smaller company uh, in terms of employees, it, it counts. And the remote technologies are great. It's, it's wonderful. I, I just was in Europe for two weeks um, for a wedding for a friend and um, – I got to, you know, I was able to work the entire time with all my employees uh, uh, remotely. So you just, you have to love it anywhere in the world as long as you have some DSL or yes, connection. That, that, I mean, the other thing in Europe that you'll see, which we haven't seen here, is you see a lot more wind turbines. You sure do. It's amazing. It's like Germany is the solar place, yep. and then it's, it's basically it's Holland. And what other countries are really strong on wind? Uh, Spain and Italy. Uh, I mean, to, to me, what we're trying to hopefully end up with is we want to make the vertical wind turbine look like a telephone pole so everyone just ignores it. Yep. Invisibility. Yep. Yeah. And then it just it gets accepted and people will start using it, especially if it doesn't make noise, especially if it's, it's re- you know, aesthetically pleasing for people. Right. And there aren't piles of dead birds at the bottom. No, of that's, it. Exactly. <laughs> that's a bad PR thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great. And, and so, um, let's see. Well, so what is, I get, well, I, I was going to ask about what your vision is for wide scale use of the Windspire product, but you kind of already painted it. Oh, oh we have some more. I mean, we have, uh, we're just getting an order from, uh, the Nevada Department of Transportation. They're going to use it to power antennas in the mountains. 
So instead of going up to replace propane tanks and, and run diesel generators, uh, what they're going to do is power it with wind. Uh, I talked to the California Parks last month, and they're taking us to the Coastal Commission so they can use it on the beaches and things where they want to power uh, restrooms and and local powering facilities. Well, that's really it's really exciting to hear about a product that can go mainstream like this. And at the, you know, again, going back to the price point, um, because the ROI is going to be so much shorter, and it takes it gets rid of these other issues because it's such a viable technology, and it's so wide, it's more available. I mean, I, I well, I have never done a comparison. It seems to me that it's going to be more available than, than solar in terms of viability. Uh, and again, it's not an either or. It's you know they're, they're compatible in a lot of ways. I think you're going to need both. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not anti-solar. I mean, a no, lot no, of our no, resellers no. are solar people. They're selling solar and they're selling wind together. Well, you need to have options, you know, to, to satisfy the entire customer base, and, and they're, they're the complementary technologies. But, you know, we, we saw this recent thing with uh, <laughs> the Nantucket Island thing. Did yes. You, you know, that was just unbelievable. It's, uh, for those who, who don't know, and I, I've, I've spent summers on Nantucket, so I was just blown away by, you know, the fact that they, they, had, they had put out these, they had put these, these wind machines out in the middle of the, of the bay, and it was, uh, I think it was actually the Kennedys, and um, some other people that were behind Edward Kennedy, I think it was yeah. one of them, and they were, were said that they were, you know, out, out, in the, out in the ocean, out in the sound there, that they were too ugly and they didn't let them, uh, they didn't give them the permits to allow them to keep them out there. We've actually been contacted from, by people from Nantucket who are asking us about the rules that planning commissions should use for wind. And, and we wrote up some drafts that we borrowed from uh, San Bernardino County, which has the best wind rules for planning commissions in terms of how do you deal with your neighbor, or what, what's acceptable noise levels, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's, it's a matter of us as community trying to decide what's reasonable to have in my backyard, what's reasonable for my next door, next door neighbor to be able to do, and put those into place so that we can move the industry forward and get more wind, get more solar, so that we become greener and reduce our dependency on coal or reduce our energy on oil and gas. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And are you are you guys heavily involved with the American Wind Energy Association? We are the first uh, vertical wind turbine uh, member of the American Wind so- Association. They've always looked at verticals uh, with a kind of a jaundiced eye. And uh, we've convinced them, based on our testing approach and on our techniques for third-party verification of what we do, that uh, we're reasonable business people. And uh, they've, they've uh, it's been a, a joy to be a participant and a member of the association. Great. And I don't know if you know Ron Stimmel, who is yes. over there. Yes, he's uh, one of our, our writers on our site, as a matter of fact, and wrote the Wind article that's on our site. Um, so, yeah. Well, great. Well, it sounds like you already have made that connection, so that's good. Um, and I thank you so much for being on the program uh, today with us. It's uh, you know great to finally cover this topic and exciting to hear about what's coming at uh, you know this, this price point and for the mainstream with wind energy. Thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it. Mike Hess, the CEO of Mariah Power, has been my guest today. You can find out more about their products at www.mariahpower.com. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.